Jesus, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. God's people said, Amen. Amen. People have been telling me for a long, long time that my faith is too small. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I was a pastor. <laughs> it started when I was a kid. I remember um, we were hanging out with a friend of mine, a neighbor kid, and his mother took us to the grocery store, and we were coming out of the grocery store, and we were all getting a gumball out of the, you know, one of those glass balls with the gumballs in, you know, and uh, I told her I wanted a blue gumball, and she said, well, all you got to do is have strong enough faith, and you'll have a, God will give you a blue gumball. Just name it and claim it, she said. I said, no, that doesn't work. She said, oh, yes, it does. I said, no. So I thought to myself, wow, name it and claim it. I like that. I said, that's all I got to do. I just got to trust Jesus, and he'll give me a blue gumball? And I thought, wow, if, if that was true, why is that lady driving around this puke green, ugly Plymouth Fury with wood paneling on the side and not a Stingray Corvette or a monster red Jeep or something like that? And I thought, wow, I don't know. That's something fishy about this. And I didn't get a blue gumball. I got a yellow one that tasted like milk of magnesia. But it didn't stop there either. I mean, um, when I was in high school, um, I wanted to be a football player. But I was always the smallest and the slowest guy on the team. Always. Um, one year I broke my ankle, or actually had it broken for me. And uh, I was at the nurse, and I was just bemoaning with the nurse who was putting the finishing touches on the cast. And I said, I want to play football so badly, but I'm just too small. If I would only grow. And she told me that if I had faith, I would grow. Well, I, you see, right? Mm-hmm. How well that worked. Right. When I uh, graduated from the seminary, I was assigned to plant a church in a suburb north of Seattle, um, which is out on the West Coast. And if you want to talk about culture shock, 70% of people uh, in the Seattle area do not go to church or have church. Very different than the Midwest. And the ones that you would describe as spiritual are way out there and my job was to gather enough of them to start a church so I went door to door surveying them and, and telling them about Jesus and the good news and um, if you don't have a church family I'd be happy to to start one with you and um, I met an extraordinary number of people <laughs> and 
One person asked me, do you speak in tongues? I said, no, I don't. God has not given me that gift. They said, well, you're a false prophet. Your faith is too small or you would be able to speak in tongues. Another um, fella, unforgettable, named Fred Miracle. It was a big plaque swinging in his front yard that his name was Fred Miracle. I thought, oh, this is going to be a good one. Um, I went, and Fred was a southern boy who talked like this and real friendly. We sat in a rocking chair on the front porch, and we talked for a long time, and he told me about all the people he had healed. And he asked me if I could heal people, and I said, no, God didn't give me that gift. And he said, well, I'll heal you right now. Hold out your legs. And I said, I'll hold my legs out. And he said, did you know one is a little bit shorter than the other? I'll straighten them out for you. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed, shaking. It was really an experience. And then he drops my feet and he says, there, it's all fixed for you. You got your even feet. And I couldn't resist being a little bit of a stinker. I put my hand in my pocket and hoisted up one of my pant legs and I said, oh no, now I'm going to have to buy all new pants. And he said, you, you mock me. You don't have enough faith. Or you know that I would be able to do miracles. So, and then just... About nine months ago, I was um, leading an addiction recovery step group, like, you know, the kind that says, hi, I'm Steve, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we have one that is um, starting up at St. Andrews, and we had a guest in there, and we were just starting out with the whole COVID thing, and... Um, we were looking at the possibility of not meeting. And um, so we said we were very sorry. Uh, we were happy with the progress that was being made, but we were going to have to not meet. And we figured, wow, this will maybe last for just about one month, and then we'll be back at this again. Um, and one, the, the, one of the guests said, well, clearly, you don't have very much faith in God. Because God says that we can step on poisonous snakes and not get bit. And if we truly have faith, we will not, we will not get sick. And if we truly have faith, the plague will go away. And here we are nine months later, and thousands and thousands of people in our state dead, and we still got a plague. So what about that? Maybe probably one of you should get up here and preach now because clearly uh, I'm not adequate in my faith. And you know what? I scratched that because I don't see too many Stingray Corvettes and Monster Red Jeeps out there either. So maybe you got the same problem I do. The, my problem is that mountains don't move for me when I want them to. And I, I want to have strong faith like, 
like the, the Hall of Faith chapter in Hebrews. I love this chapter. It's so great. It gets you fired up, doesn't it? Right? This is how it ends. He said, I don't have time. He's going through the whole list of great heroes of faith and, and how their faith got them through amazing things. And it ends up with this. I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions and quenched the fury of flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies and women received back their dead, raised to life again. Oh my goodness, you just get fired up when you read that, right? If only we had faith like that. I want faith like that. But it doesn't always happen. So what's the deal? And, you know, we can, we can joke around about it, but the truth is it's, it's a really, it's a serious deal, right? Because we all struggle with this, right? Sometimes the mountains we want moved are family issues. Uh, I have three boys. They're all grown up now. Uh, I wish that I could control the choices that they make. But I can't. And I pray. And I have faith that God will help them, but the mountains don't always move, and they keep making sometimes these bad choices. Maybe you can relate. Sometimes... The uh, mountains that we want moved are health issues. And uh, right now, what? it's COVID, right? COVID, cancer, um, you know, Alzheimer's, all kinds of health struggles that we wrestle with sometimes in our lives. And if you haven't yet, you will. And the mountains don't move when we want them to move. Or personal flaws. I, I said I, I lead a step study group. And um, because of that, I, I, the, ours is called Celebrate Recovery. And we don't just deal with addicts. We deal with all kinds of uh, hurts and habits. And anything from recovering from grief. People are grieving the loss of loved ones. To uh, food issues, food addictions. Um, to pornography, uh, to um, you, you name it. I mean, it's a, it's a staggering variety. Um, uh, gaming addictions, online gaming addictions. Um, people wrestle with these things. And I would be flat out stunned if you don't have your own pet issues. Things that you, habits and struggles that you just wish you could work through and maybe you've taken it to God many times over and over and it just doesn't change or relationships uh, this is another complex one right uh, maybe maybe you're single and you want a relationship and you're very lonely maybe uh, you had a relationship and now it's gone what through death or divorce or whatever and and 
it's so complex. Maybe, maybe you want a family and it's not happening. Maybe you have a family and you wish you didn't. And there are so many complex things in relationships. And the mountains don't always move when we want them to. So that's why I especially like our text today uh, from Matthew 17. Because in this story, a father has struggles with his faith, right? So just to set the, the, the stage a little bit for this text, Jesus and his disciples have just come down from the mountain of transfiguration where uh, a few of the disciples saw Jesus in all his awesome glory. He glowed like lightning and Two dead legends appeared with him, Moses and Elijah. Now, to the Jews, Moses and Elijah are, are like um, seeing a going up on the mountaintop for a Packer fan and seeing Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr. I mean, these, these are just legendary heroes to them. Come back to life. Well, actually, they've been alive, right? But come down from heaven to talk with Jesus in all his, his godly glory about God's plan to save the human race. So there, th- this whole experience is where the whole phrase mountaintop experience came from. It was just unbelievable. Now they come down, back down into the valley, and it's a disaster. It's, it's a complete and utter disaster. There is an argument going on between the teachers of the law and the Pharisees and the disciples because there is a desperate father whose son is demon-possessed and trying to kill the boy. And the poor boy, the demon keeps taking over and throwing him into the fire and the father is beside him. So imagine if you are a father if this was going on with your kids, right? The father's beside himself, and, and, and is he getting any help? Oh, no, because the disciples can't do it, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are arguing with him, and, and later the disciples are all arguing with each other over who's the greatest in the kingdom of God, and here, <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's just terrible. It's a mess. And Jesus comes down into this. When they came to the crowd, the man approached Jesus, knelt before him, Lord, have mercy on my son. He said, he has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Whoops, too far. Whoa. There we go. You will, you, Jesus responds. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replies, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here. Um, actually, the, the Matthew account is not my favorite account of this story. Uh, I, I would have liked, this was the account that got assigned to me, so I worked with it. But my favorite reference to this story is from Mark. Mark chapter 9. So when you get home, read, pull it out. Read Mark chapter 9. 
Because in Mark chapter 9, Mark gives us more details that Matthew does not. And what Mark says is that the, the boy is actually thrown into a fit right there. And the father, uh, Jesus' father says, if you can heal him, would you do it? And Jesus says, if you can? Huh? Do you, do you know who I am if you can? Yes, if I can. And Jesus says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, and you say to a mountain, fall into the, jump into the sea, it will do it. And then he turns. So, and the father says, and I love this quote. The father says, I do believe. Uh, help me overcome my unbelief. Isn't that a classic line? Oh my goodness, I do believe. Uh, help me overcome my unbelief. Like, oh, I want to believe, but I'm worried that it's not strong enough. Maybe he had a few people like the people telling me, you, you don't have a strong enough faith or your boy wouldn't have this kind of a problem. Because everybody knows that faith Christians don't have problems like this. Oh, wait. Jesus rebukes the demon and it comes out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples come to Jesus in, in private and they ask, why couldn't we drive it out? Indeed. And he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move it from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for me. And here is that verse that causes me so much trouble. Why can't I move mountains? And why is it? And, and I've wrestled with this one for years, but you know what? It isn't, what we think. What, at first glance, it seems like Jesus is frustrated with us. And, and well, that's got to be true, right? <laughs> I, I could just imagine Jesus looking down at my life and going, oh, no, not again. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Not again. Can't, don't you ever picture God doing that with your life? Boy, I sure do. So for sure, that, that probably is happening a little bit. Oh, you have little faith. True, but what, what I want you to see here, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, the point isn't the strength of your faith. The point is, who is it in? Are you putting your faith in yourself or your competence? Are you even putting yourself faith in your faith? Whoa, that's... You see, it's not about you at all. All, all you got is this little mustard seed. It's not about you. It's about me, he says. Trust me. If you trust me, 
there is nothing we can't do. Right? Because I am all powerful, Jesus says. And I love you. Right? It's interesting here. So let's, let's reflect on a few things. First of all, faith is only as good as the object of it. Faith is only as good as the... And all of us have faith in something. In fact, all people in the world have faith in something or other. And faith is not a, a thing that I generate. Faith is a gift. God tells us faith is a gift. And for sure, you can nurture your faith. Faith comes by hearing the word, right? God says in his word. So you can nurture your faith... But it's not like something that you could say, well, you need to boost up your faith a little bit. Like you could just snap your fingers and it's there. It doesn't work that way. If you have faith, it's a gift. We all know people in our lives that nothing seems to face them. You know people like that? And they got, we just marvel at their faith. I'm here to tell you that probably what looks on the outside like amazing is not really what's going on on the inside, though. Because we're all in the same boat. We struggle. God does not. All it takes is a little mustard seed. That's all the tiniest of seeds, right? Then... The next point is crucial in this story. Faith is strengthened through struggles. Now, it's not God's idea to do things like COVID or to do things like demon-possessing little boys. But God is so awesome in his power and his love that he uses evil that occurs even for our benefit. And one of those benefits is that we will grow over time to put our trust more and more in him and less and less in ourselves. Does that make sense? Maybe you've seen that in your life. Maybe, I mean, as I look back on my struggles and, oh boy, by this time in my life, trust me, I've seen a few. As I look back on my struggles... Those times when I was just beside myself in grief or trouble, those were the times that I was crying out and closest to God. There is, I mean, there is not even any comparison. And when things were rolling in my life and where things were looking amazing and looking good, then guess what? My pride took over. And I hurt myself patting myself on the back. Are you with me on that or am I all alone? God uses struggles to strengthen faith. And clearly, this father was in that situation. Faith is not conditional on the amount that one possesses. This is whoever come up with this idea. You have to have stronger faith to get healed or you have to have stronger faith uh, to move a mountain. God's love for you is unconditional. 
He makes that very clear, right? There is, there is no with God. Like, sometimes my mom loved me more when I was a good boy. Because you guys recognize that. Does mom love you more when you're good? Hmm. Now, you may answer that. Yeah, I think so. But you know what? I bet it's not true. I bet you that if you make, you grow up and you make some really bad choices in your life, mom is still going to love you like crazy. Am I wrong, mom? Yeah. See, that, that's the way God is. We make these terrible, stupid choices in our lives. And God still loves us. It's unconditional. And if you, if you decide, you know what, I'm not hearing God's word anymore because that, that, that guest preacher totally turned me off, that is not a choice God would like you to make. But it won't change his love for you. His love is unconditional. Whether you are one of those people that nothing phases you and you have super strong faith or whether you have just a little tiny mustard seed. His love is unconditional. He didn't just die on the cross to pay the punishment for the sins of Christians. And it would be very cool if the sun only shone on Christians as we walked down the street. Wouldn't that be cool? And it was raining and lightning on everybody else, but on us, just sunshine, just like this ray of sun. You could, oh, look, there's a Christian over there. There's a, ray, there's a sunbeam coming down from heaven just for you guys. That'd be very cool, but it's just not the way it is. God's love is for everybody, is unconditional. And then, it is not a magic wand to fill my wishes. Don't be going out there praying for blue gumballs and stingray Corvettes as nice as they are because that's not what faith is about. Faith is, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray for faith. This guy does great when he says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Right? The disciples in a later point do this, right? They pray for faith, right? If a brother sins, this is Jesus just teaching with them. He says, if a brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. If they repent, forgive them. Even if they, they, they sin against you seven times a day, seven times, and seven times come back and say, I repent, still forgive them. In another place, he says, forgive them seven times 70 and, and the disciples just are distraught. Are you serious? Seven times? Like, burn me once, burn me twice. Yeah, yeah, right? But after that, forget it. Seven times? Keep forgiving? That's why the disciples say, you know, they say, Lord, increase our faith because this is, this is impossible to keep forgiving. Interesting that they pray, and this, this is what they say, right? Lord, increase my faith. I need more faith because I recognize that it is a gift, and I need to trust in my life that things 
are in God's hands. He's got this. And I don't. But I'm going to warn you. One final warning. Be careful what you pray for, okay? (laughs) Because when you pray and God answers, it's almost never the way you think it's going to be. And sometimes... God gets us right out in thin air so that we're not trusting in ourselves, but we're trusting in him. Let's pray. Father, And we thank you. Um, I know this sounds crazy, Father, but we are at a point because of your word today where we are going to thank you for struggles. It's crazy. We're even thanking you for COVID, for using it, the evil that is occurring, for our good and bringing us closer to you. Remind us again that everything is in your hands. You got this. And then help us to just trust, to trust in you, Jesus. In your name we pray. God's people said...